Yes, yes, yes. Another audio adventure. Another episode. Everybody Can't Go podcast. January 10th, 2024. Certainly a day that probably is going to go on my calendar at this point. I woke up this morning and it dawned on me. Well, it didn't dawn on me. Let me not cap. What happened was I was on my Spotify, you know, I was on the Spotify for Podcasters app. Shout out to Spotify for Podcasters. January 10th actually officially makes it one full year for the Everybody Can't Go podcast. Everybody Can't Go podcast episode 51. Definitely, definitely got a loaded docket this week. I'm already, I'm calling it early. This is probably going to be my longest episode to date. Um, I'm looking at the clock frantically, though, because I'm not even going to hold you. Like I said, I know the marathon continues. Definitely got to get up a little earlier than I want to in the morning. So it's, you know, time management, time management. And, you know, that's something that I'm definitely, you know, um, I'm learning in real time, you know, basically just trying to find that balance between what's necessary to do, what I want to do, and what I absolutely have to do, right? I feel like we all kind of can relate to that, you know, to a certain degree. You know what I'm saying? There's different things that we might want, but you might want something so much that you could be blinded, you know, uh, to the actual things that you may really need. So I definitely, I definitely also on this episode want to take a moment to say rest in power, uh, Fatima, Fatima Muhammad, you know, this was a young sister who, you know, unfortunately, tragically, you know, uh, passed away on this day as well. So while we're celebrating the anniversary Unfortunately, you know, another anniversary is taking place on this day, which actually I didn't even really realize that until now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, one of the things about having a podcast that I also feel like, you know, that I basically just enjoy is, you know, like I said, once again, documenting these moments, right? And kind of sharing, you know, these stories, these different stories with different people, People that you may have never met in your life, but at the same time, you can relate to an individual based on their story, right? And I just feel like Fatima's story, Fatima's story is, I mean, it is, I'm, I'm, I'm not even, I don't even really know, like, what's, what's the best way to say this? I'm, I'm, I'm almost 100% sure this, this could be made into a whole entire film, you know, just basically, you know, uh, well, let me, let me be more specific. I just feel like her story is a story that, you know, needs to be told. It, you know, it's probably something that's, I mean, well, I'm pretty, I'm pretty certain that it's something that's very, very common. Unfortunately, you know, um, this was a situation where, you know, 
Fatima passed away while giving birth, you know, while in labor, you know, giving birth to her, her daughter, Kinza, who unfortunately also tragically passed away, you know, months later. I mean, the whole situation is just, it's been two years now, so I don't want to really like necessarily harp on the, you know, the tragedy. And a tragedy, it was indeed, right? What I'm saying is, is that this story needs to be used in a way that we could kind of highlight, you know, basically just the, you know, the severity of the situation. I didn't know basically how, you know, just how common this actually was, especially in our community, you know, black and brown, you know, women going into these hospitals. I just feel like it's very, very important that we're doing our research you know, as as men, we got to take some onus in it as well because we doing, you know, we 50%, you know, at the end of the day, it's a partnership, right, that, you know, created this being. So with that being said, we kind of have to step up and, you know what I'm saying, take it upon ourselves to make sure that we're protecting our sisters when, we, when it comes to bringing them to these medical facilities. You know, obviously, we already know the pharmaceutical industry is probably more concerned about, you know, uh, their year end earnings than, you know, basically making sure that somebody leaves the hospital to get home to their family. Fatima was just such an amazing, young, I mean, ambitious. I mean, she had so many different things going on, very, very goal oriented. Um, I actually went to school with Fatima, you know, we went to school, what grade was this man? Clara Muhammad, shout out to Clara Muhammad, CMS, all my CMS, you know what I'm saying? Family, because at the end of the day, you know, I've said this before, you know, and I'll say it again, anybody that walked in them hallways, um, at the end of the day, you know, whether we communicate on a daily or not. I, I truly do consider anybody that, you know, walked inside of those hallways family, you know, it was definitely a very close-knit situation, you know, which made the situation just that much more difficult, right? And I'm speaking from the perspective of somebody who basically just went to school with Fatima, right? And spent some time with her after school on the train. I mean, man, the memories, the memories, like we used to be on that train, I feel like this is a perfect time for a story time, right? Like, Fatima wasn't, you know, as much with the antics as, you know what I'm saying, me and a couple of the other guys was. I'll say that. But all I'm saying is this, fam. I have memories for days. Like, and realistically, I do plan on either writing a book or writing a script at some point in my life. Um, matter of fact, let me go ahead and just put that on record. That's get that's definitely happening. Uh it might it might be sooner than later, fam. Right? You gotta speak this this stuff into existence, right? You gotta put the work in too though. But definitely you gotta put it in the universe. I will be writing the script at some point. I might already started writing it, fam. But I digress. January tenth is a day that, you know, for me, on a personal level, um, it just it just has so much meaning now, right? 
it's my anniversary for the podcast, but then it's also a memory there that I probably don't want to remember, basically, right? I mean, like, I can't even begin to explain to you. Fashion Files. She had a clothing brand. I mean, she just had everything going on for her, you know. You would have thought, you know what I'm saying, uh, who who was better qualified to, to you know, play that role as a mom and, you know, to kind of, that was something that I'm sure everybody, you know, anybody that knew her, you, you was probably looking forward to that just because you knew, like I said, once again, just how she moved and how she operated, you know. Um, you were almost 100% certain that she was going to instill all of those attributes into, you know, Kenza, you know, who was her daughter. But um, I don't want to harp on that too much. I just wanted to definitely say rest in power, rest in love, you know. January 10th, two-year anniversary of Fatima Muhammad, EBCG podcast. This is my one-year anniversary. With that being said, with that being said, like, damn, I'm giving y'all, hold up, fam. Intro kind of heavy today. Yeah, that intro was heavy. It was. It was, but you know what I'm saying? I'm a heavy guy. Not literally, right? Hey, yo, man, what what we doing, man? So, episode 51, like I said once again, um, it's a lot going on out here. It's a lot going on out here in these podcast streets. I, I literally don't know where I want to begin. DDG and Halle Bailey welcomes a new baby boy. Um, definitely want to salute an air horn. DDG and Halle, you know, who I do feel like, I feel like I've spoken about DDG and Halle on one of my previous episodes. I don't remember what the topic was, but what I will say is, um, I do feel like, I just feel like DDG and Halle represent, you know, you know, basically just that that normal, normalcy, normalcy, right? Just normalcy, right? Just a normal, regular couple, not necessarily normal and regular as far as who they are. And basically, they, they on the runway in Paris one minute, the next minute they in Dubai. Not not so normal, right? What I'm saying is this, fam. As far as the the image and the optics around everything, right? Not so much out there. Obviously, DDG is a popular YouTuber, right? And Hallie is a popular R&B artist slash actress, right? And shout out to... They definitely came out with the, the color purple. I haven't seen it yet, but I definitely plan on at some point. I actually forgot about that. I do need to sit down at some point and watch that, right? Even though I'm not really hearing great reviews... Which which usually scares me away, right? But then I'm like, I have my own perspective, right? I can go into something and even with all of the reviews being negative or whatever the reviews are, right? I feel like I'm always going to be able to go into a situation and pull out my own perspective, right? It's kind of like what I'm doing right now. I definitely started this episode and I spoke about maternal mortality, which... Um, you know, like I said, it's something that is a really, really common issue amongst black women. So what I will say is anytime, you know, 
a black woman is successfully giving birth and you know everything as far as what i can see as right now from what i see it seems like it's been a healthy you know everything went well healthy baby you know and healthy mother obviously right and that's pretty much all you can ask for going into those type of situations right because i mean listen i can't even imagine you know yeah that's that's a tough the thought of that right so once again, just congrats, congrats, congrats. You know what I'm saying? Uh, DDG and Halle. I feel like DDG is definitely, you know, DDG might become the face of rap, low key, fam. What is he like? The number one, number one on TikTok. I'm just saying, man. DDG is doing numbers out here, fam. One of those little freestyles is gonna slap. One of them is gonna go. That's all I'm saying, man. Just keep working. You know what I'm saying? Uh, stay consistent. And don't pay attention to the hecklers, because they be heckling DDG and Allie. Now, you're not the real Little Mermaid, and it's a whole thing with that. They was mad that Hallie was the Little Mermaid, because she black. They mad that a black girl or a black young woman, you know what I'm saying, could elevate herself into a significant role in Disney. They mad. They, I mean, listen, man, you can't really, you can't really argue with talent, can you? They are talented. Those the the Chloe and Hallie, the both of those uh sisters. I do feel like they actually do have some talent, right? Which is, you know, why I do feel a little I cringe a little bit when I look at when I see the other sister Chloe. It's like like I mean, I don't know, man. Where am I going here? This not even on the docket, fam. I'm just I'm just going to move past this at this point. All I'm saying is this, fam. Let's market around talent. You know what I'm saying? Let's just market around talent. I'm not going to say anything further than that, fam. Let's focus and market around talent, right? And those two are definitely talented. Salute to DDG and Hallie, though, once again. Okay, so this is something that I, I caught wind of a couple of weeks ago, actually. And I failed to mention this on my last episode. And I hate when I do that. I do. But, you know, the good thing about missing a, a topic on a previous episode is that when you spin with that, you know what I'm saying? When you actually re-up on the topic and actually do your... You basically have the opportunity to add more to it, is what I'm basically trying to say, right? So, with that being said, I definitely did see and hear Taraji P. Henson's, you know... um, comments, her remarks, her statements in regards to, you know, the pay inequity, you know, that pay gap that exists in Hollywood, you know, not only in Hollywood, but really just in this country, right? That's something that we've been kind of hearing and seeing different women coming out and speaking out about inequality when it comes to the pay disparities, amongst other things, I'm sure. Right. But Taraji's in particular highlighting the pay disparity. Right. Um, What I will say is it definitely was kind of one of those things where it was hard to watch to a certain degree. Um, I am a student. So, you know, what I'm saying I have to kind of if it, you know, what I'm saying I have to watch everything. Right. Is what I'm trying to say. So something like that, you know. It kind of shines a light on something and it, it gives me a, a perspective now that I didn't really have. You know, I was aware of what was going on as far as that situation. But what I'm saying is 
when you actually see somebody, in this case Taraji, you know, basically breaking down in tears and she broke down and she was really, really emotional about it. It kind of forces you to put that magnifying glass on it now and really kind of look at the situation. Taraji P. Henson's talent is undeniable, right? And I feel like she's be she's she's at the top of her field. That would be like basically like Kyrie coming off the bench right now for like you know what I'm saying for Tim Hardaway Jr. or something. It's just kind of like fam. Clearly, this is your starting five here, right? I'm not really sure what or how we fix or if there's any fix for this situation. And the reason why I say that, obviously the easy answer would be, well, we just pay them equally, right? Or pay them more. The only issue with that is, like I just said, this is something that's been going on for so long that clearly, clearly, and the reason why she probably got so emotional is because clearly it's probably intentionally being done in other words that's just how the makeup of hollywood is they don't really i don't really feel like hollywood is looking to update their policies anytime soon fam you understand what i'm saying they've been at this for how long like this has been going on for so long that i just feel like if they actually wanted to make changes in that regard they would have done it She's saying this, like, she basically been going through this for her entire career. I'm sitting here thinking to myself, every time I see Taraji P. Henson on a red carpet, she draped up and dripped out looking at me. You know, it's just not something that really crosses your mind, right? Then it forces you to kind of think about the other women in her position or who are not in her position and who are basically trying to climb up the totem pole and don't have the opportunity to get on the mic with Oprah. I believe it was an Oprah Winfrey, you know. I'm not really sure what, if this was a podcast or not. I feel like it was a podcast. Um, It wasn't the Oprah show, right? Everybody got a podcast now. Shout out to the EBCG once again. On that note, one year anniversary and shit, you know what I'm saying? January 10th. I feel like January 11th would have been flyer though. Now that I'm looking at the, you know what I mean? 111, that 111. Come on, man. Close enough. I digress. Taraji P. Henson, um, I just feel like I just feel like it's not necessarily my fight. It's not my fight, you know. Um although I can relate, right? To just not being paid enough and shit. So maybe this is my fight to a certain degree, right? I could relate to this to what she's going through and you know. I can remember a point in time not too long ago, actually, right? I mean, it wasn't this year. It's mama year, right? This is a whole new, a whole new sleep, a whole new page, fam, a whole new chapter, if you will. We not on last year no more, right? And whatever was going on with me last year, that was last year, and we left that in last year. But I will say this, not too long ago and shit, I definitely was in a situation where my account Listen, man, it got tight. It got tight, fam. It got tight. I had to shake and move. I had to play chess, fam, and I had to make a quick decision, right? And I won't elaborate any further, but just know my account went all the way in the red, fam. All the way. It went all the way straight to negative, fam. And they hit me so crazy that it was to the point where, like, you know what I'm saying? I was working for, like, I wasn't even getting my checks 
that I was working for. You understand what I'm saying? So I say that to say I can understand to a certain degree what it feels like to put in the work for something. And you ain't even getting the full benefit. As a matter of fact, you ain't getting no benefit in my case. Right? My situation was a little different, obviously. But yeah, man, I say all I have to say this, man. I feel like, you know, black, I just feel like it's just, it's so crazy. Like, and then like, even with Oprah sitting there and kind of, I just, sometimes I just don't get it, man. I, I guess I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't get Hollywood. I don't get black Hollywood. And just, I just feel like one minute we're kind of waving the pom poms and we're waving the flag for equality and black Actors and actresses in Hollywood prospering and getting roles. Lupita, every time Lupita hit a red carpet, man, they zoom right in, fam. They zooming right in. She's It's black excellence, and it is. It absolutely is. What I'm saying is this, man. What I'm saying is this. We can't just shout this shit and we not actually, you know, uh, making sure that this stuff is actually, you know, Happening behind closed doors, basically, right? In other words, what is this a fucking some type of like? It's cap, is what it is. It's cap. It's cap, right? I'm trying to find the big words and shit. Like, listen, fam, this is gonna be a different episode. I'm not even gonna hold you. My last episode was a masterclass. Air horn for me. My my last episode absolutely was amazing. Like I said, I'm learning stuff in real time, so it just kind of like at this point, I just look forward to coming back and just improving, right? And just implementing whatever it is that I picked up on from the last episode. And my last episode, it's going to be hard to top that right there. I'm not going to hold you, fam. I'm definitely going to top that. But it's going to be hard to top that following that, right? So this is going to be like, this like the Cat Williams interview part two. This is like the Willie D. Cat Williams interview. Y'all saw the Willie D. Cat Williams interview? That nigga Willie D. tried to... I see what he tried to do. He was... Try- <laughs> That nigga tried to bring him while he was hot still. That nigga Cat Williams is smoking right now, fam. Hot as fish grease right now. Everybody want to post a picture now. It's, this shit is crazy out here. The internet, Hollywood, Hollyweird, all, everything. All, it's just all as a fucking circus is what it is. Cat Williams came and shook shit up. You know what I'm saying? I'm still on Taraji. Don't worry. I put a bookmark there. We're going to get right back to that. But what I'm saying is they actually asked Cat Williams about Taraji P. Henson in the cat, you know, in that Club Shay Shay interview. He had some brief remarks and, you know, he he spoke his piece on that. And I feel like what he said was basically in favor of Taraji. And that's kind of where I'm trying to get to. I'm, I'm expecting for all of those people who are waving that flag, right, and screaming to the top of their lungs, black excellence. Oh my God, this is so... Lupita, she looks so amazing. And she does. I'm not saying she doesn't. What I'm saying is I need y'all to keep that same goddamn energy when Taraji P. Henson is on the Oprah Winfrey podcast, right? Crying her goddamn eyes out. She she was really destroyed up there, you know. And at one point, there was another young actress up there with her. I didn't get her name, Um but she basically, I could just remember that moment in the interview where Taraji kind of looks at her and was kind of like, that was actually when she got emotional, right? The thought of not being able to help, you know, the other young actresses coming up, you know what I'm saying, behind her. 
I'm thinking to myself, well, Oprah's sitting right there. Shouldn't Oprah be in position right now to kind of... Y'all just put out the color purple, fam. Is that not... That's not under Oprah's, like, film company? I don't know. I don't, I don't really know Oprah's situation financially and, like, what she has going on in the films. You know, I'm pretty sure Oprah has a film company, fam. Right? Let's just check that box off for her. I'm pretty sure she got that. Right? But in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, we got Tyler Perry, Oprah Winfrey, Kevin Hart, Cat Williams. I mean, maybe not Kevin. We probably have to put them in a different room. But my point is this, fam. All of the black, successful men and women in Hollywood, I'm just saying, like, enough is enough. I don't want to keep seeing my people on the couch crying. What we crying for? We have resources now, fam. We ain't slaves no more. Y'all got Donald Trump out here scaring y'all or something? Like, what's going on right now? We not, them days is over with, fam. He keep talking about America gonna be great again, fam. We done seen you get dragged and put in, we done seen your mug shot, all type of shit, fam. This is a circus right now. Politically, this is a circus. Hollywood is a circus. It's all just a circus right now, fam. And I don't understand why Vivica A. Fox, you know, they ran into her somewhere on the street. I don't know what she was doing. I don't know where she was at. I don't know what she's been doing. I haven't seen Vivica A. Fox. When was the last time I seen Vivica A. Fox? And what was she doing? And I'm going to be honest right now. I actually have the answer. I was watching reruns of Punked the other day, fam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Punked. MTV Punked with Ashton Kutcher. I literally just... Because you know what I mean? Every now and then you go and you, you look back at some old... Because these new shows ain't really... I can't really get with the new energy, you know what I'm saying, as far as television right now. I just feel like it's a lot of, you know, things that I don't really want to see. And I'm not going to say anything further than that, fam. I don't want to see that stuff that they got going on, right? So I go back. I go back to look at the old shit, right? I go back to Boiling Points, MTV Boiling Points, one of the greatest shows ever, by the way. The Hidden Camera Show, where they used to basically do pranks on people in different scenarios and whoever could kind of... Not lose their temper. They would get them $100. Fam. That might be my... Listen. Listen. Don't be surprised if you see Will Maddie TV. Listen. MTV. You can't say MTV without Will Maddie TV, fam. My point is this, though. I digress. I was watching Punk reruns, fam. And that was the last time I seen Vivica A. Fox, bro. That was like, what? Some, two, a month ago? Vivica A. Fox isn't relevant anymore. And it's just like, why wouldn't you use this moment to stand in solidarity with your sister in, you know what I'm saying, in Hollywood, right? And then at the same time, I don't necessarily know what people's personal, you know, relationships are. I just feel like she did something that I feel like it was a missed opportunity. What a missed opportunity, man, for us to kind of, you know, get the snowball rolling as far as, you know, we should be amplifying what Taraji was saying as opposed to trying to extinguish it. And I feel like she, she completely extinguished it uh, when they kind of asked her how she felt about the situation. She said something along the lines like she couldn't relate. And once again, I don't know Vivica A. Fox personally, obviously, right? But what I'm saying is I just feel like how is that even possible? You know what I'm saying? You're a black woman in Hollywood, right? I've heard enough horror stories to just assume that Vivica A. Fox, what was she in the fucking, what, 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 no, that was, uh, I get her mixed up with uh, Lisa, is that Lisa, Lisa, Lisa Ray? I'm thinking about 
Players Club and shit. Nah, that was Jamie Foxx, Lisa Ray, pardon me. It's another black woman in Hollywood, right? Who's probably dealing with pay disparities and all. And there's a reason you probably you wonder why you don't see certain actors or actresses for a long time. And you know what I'm saying? It's not like they're not good at what they do or good at their craft. I mean, this these are usually the reasons why. These are usually the reasons why. And I feel like it's it's terrible. It's sad. You know, I do feel like we need more people like Taraji to speak up and speak out. Oprah was sitting on that couch quiet, though. And I don't really know how I feel about that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. I just have a lot of questions. Personally, if I ever get into that room, into that, you know, into that building, right? If I haven't already done that. Because I'm not going to hold you, fam. Like, I have to. And if you if you wonder why. That Cat Williams interview, that shit really lit a fire in me if I'm being all the way a thousand with you, right? I'm always, I kind of always feel the same way when I watch a Cat Williams interview. But this one in particular, I just feel like, man, yeah, to hear somebody speaking, you know, the way you think or just basically doing the things that you know that if you were put in a similar situation, you would probably do the same exact thing to see that person kind of like, Winning right now is just like, it's just amazing. It's amazing. He on tour. You know what I'm saying? They posting pictures now. Like, yeah, nah, nah. He was right about this. Everybody confirming shit. So let's talk about that real quick, briefly. What is the Cat Williams Club Shay Shay effect in the aftermath of the Cat Williams Club Shay Shay interview? What have I learned? Well, I mean, I already told you I've been a Cat Williams fan, right? And I didn't seen all his damn interviews, right? So I might have learned one or two, you know, for sure. Him being homeless on the set of Friday After Next. I learned that, and that's crazy. Knew he was homeless as a kid. Knew he, you know, ran away or whatever he did. Went to Florida, Coconut Grove, and behind the library, he was reading the books. I mean, if he was 13 homeless by a library, there's a good chance he was reading 3,000 books a year, man. I know a lot of people have been having a hard time with that. You know, there's a lot of things that people are going back, taking away from the interview, examining, like, hold up, fam. He said, what? Some of this shit was fly. A lot of this shit was fly. A lot of this shit was the truth. But that shit wasn't true right there. And one of those things was definitely, you know, the fact that, you know, uh, according to him, you know, he was accepted into a, a college, you know, at 13. He was reading 5,000 books or something crazy a year. Listen, fam, I ain't. Did, I don't know what college this is. I'm pretty sure they would have came out at this point. No. They want some attention too. Everybody getting attention right now. I'm trying to even. Even I put Cat Williams in the hashtag on my. I'm not stupid. I've been on this internet for too long. I know how this goes. Right. All it take is the right hashtag. Nigga. This shit. This shit might. It's actually already happened. And it was a situation. I don't want really to get into that. But all I'm saying is this, man. Internet fame is dangerous. It's dangerous, right? And I'm not necessarily chasing that. But what I'm saying, though, is that last episode was some heat, though. Cat Williams definitely set the internet on fire. Um, Club Shay Shay. I mean, you can't say that without an air horn at this point. Uh, let me go ahead and actually look and do the due diligence briefly. Where are we at right now on Club Shay Shay as far as views? Because I called it early. I did, right? 
And when I spoke about this on my last episode, we was at 4 million views at the time of my recording, which was, I believe, the 6th or the 8th of January. I'm pretty sure it was the 6th, right? And what I said at that time was that we was at 4 million views, right? I said, this shit gonna go up. It's gonna be the most viewed by the end of the year is what I said. Now, I didn't know that in two goddamn days, a day later... Where we at right now, fam? This last time I inquired, we was at 38 million views, fam. I would assume that at this point, we're upwards of 40, 50 in that range. Um, This has been, I believe this broke. I'm not even sure if it's a record or, yeah, I guess it is a record, right? For the most viewed or most viral video in the shortest amount of time. We are at 41 million views. Once again, salute to Shannon Sharp because at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like, man, Skip Skip got to be, and not to say like Skip is over there with egg on his face because he ain't doing his thing too, right? Because obviously Skip Bayless is Skip Bayless. I mean, he still got a gig, you know what I'm saying? He still got to get up and, you know, he still got his... Them checks are still hitting. I'm sure he's okay. I'm not I'm not saying he over there hurting. What I'm saying is this. You got to be hurting, feeling a little salty right now. Because that guy that was just over there, sitting across from you, was capable of doing those goddamn numbers, fam. And y'all fired this man. They fired him. I wasn't even really aware of that. I thought it was the other way around. I thought this was more of a Shannon was trying to walk away from this situation. But come to find out, from what I understand, you know, Stephen A and Shannon Sharp, you know, they be going back and forth. And I, I will say this also while I'm on this. The Shannon Sharp, Stephen A, uh, Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp partnership, relationship, duo, whatever you want to call it, as far as, or as it relates to journalism and broadcasting, I do feel like they are, they're finding their way now. Right in the beginning, I wasn't sure. I see what's going on now, and that's all I want to say. Salute to Stephen A. and Shannon Sharp. I feel like they own something over there, for sure. They over there cooking up, man. I still feel like Molly. You know, I just feel like Molly. We just, you know, she still got to learn how to her time and be a little off still for me. Right? Sometimes she chime in at the wrong time, and it's just like, fam, I was trying to hear that stat line, fam. You chiming in too early. You you need to study some more. Who, who, who's like a good reference for like a female, like Robin Quivers on the Howard Stern show. Robin Quivers timing was impeccable, impeccable. And she was sitting there with one of the greatest to do it on the mic, right? She always knew when to interject and when to not interject. I feel like Molly needs to watch some more Howard Stern interviews. I, I, I say all that to say this. Salute to Stephen A. Smith. Club Shay Shay went crazy. Cat Williams is lighting the goddamn internet on fire. Everything the man touches right now is viral. Literally. Even Willie D went viral, fam. Like, think about this. Damn, son. Where'd you find this? Willie D from the Ghetto Boys. With no uh, Bushwick Bill. When, you know what I'm saying? Rest in power to Bushwick. Bushwick Bill. But Willie D had Cat Williams on. I feel like he was brilliant um, as far as his timing, right? Because obviously, if you have the Cat Williams interview. But you know what, though? I thought initially that was what he did. I thought he had an interview 
in the tuck, basically. Like an old interview in the stash type shit. And then he kind of just like whipped it out, paused. You know what I'm saying? When he seen shit was lit and up and stuck. Like, hold up, I got one of them. Let me let me go into the folder real quick and find that. But we he actually it was an actual uh recent interview. Because you could tell based on the way they were, you know, the things they were discussing. They spoke about the Club Shay Shay interview and him going viral and different things. I do feel like Willie D was doing a lot more reaching, right? And I do feel like I mean, if I'm just being all the way a thousand at this point, Cat Williams, your next interview needs to be the EBCG podcast, fam. Like, don't go nowhere else. Come to me, fam. Come to me. We gonna get it right. I just feel like I'm too much of a student to not know what or what not to ask Cat Williams, fam. Willie D up there asking him about, he asking him about obscure people that we don't even know. Cat Williams is not even really, he ain't really want to answer the questions. He low-key gave him like the, eh. The mids, basically, in the stash, right? You know, you got the fire, you got the mids and shit. He gave him some mids. He gave him some mids. I'm sure Willie D going to smoke that, though. Because at the end of the day, fam, where is he at right now as far as views? When did I become a numbers guy, by the way? Listen, man. One year anniversary. I'm trying to do some goddamn numbers, too. Willie D, not Willie Lynch. What is this? I type Willie. They got Willie Lynch documentary in my face. Willie D. Pardon me. Uh, Cat Williams. 3.3. So, yeah, he gave him the mids. He gave him a mids pack, right? I'm sure he going to appreciate that 3.3 because, you know, I kind of went back to look. I don't think Willie D. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, he's going to appreciate that 3.3 million right there. And that's still going up as well. It might not do 40, but, you know. I'm sure he's going to figure out what to do with that. Shout out to Cat Williams and Willie D. I'm going to get off that, though. But that's the cat effect. Oh, oh, uh, before I get off of that, though, before I get off of that, um, so the, the latest news in regards to Cat Williams, who obviously went on Club Shay Shay last week and lit a few of them comedy guys up, right? I don't even want to say their names no more, fam. All them responses and shit. I ain't really see nothing that made me feel like, you know what I'm saying? Like, are y'all even his peers? It's almost like, damn, like, I don't know, man. It's just going to be, you know, it's going to be hard to get certain jokes off now, fam, after that. Like, we need y'all to fully address the situation. Um, One individual who possibly may be or may not be addressing some things uh, is Kevin Hart's ex-wife, um... Who, to my knowledge and my understanding, is going on tour with Cat Williams. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not really sure when that's going to take place. But i definitely seen that. And I had to throw that in there. So, now you got Kevin Hart's wife. Or his ex-wife. Let's be clear. His ex-wife. Or fiance or girlfriend. I'm not really sure what the dynamic is. But she will be on tour with Cat Williams now. So, clearly... Clearly, that feud is not over. I'm not really sure what we're getting ready to see or hear from Kevin Hart's ex-wife. I just do feel like at this particular time right now, the timing of this, right? It does feel like, you know, I hope you got your best set up there. You know what I'm saying? Because they are going to be tuning in, myself included, to hear every goddamn word of what Kevin Hart's ex-wife has to say on a Cat Williams tour. 
And that's all I'm going to say about that, right? So we're going to be looking forward to hearing that. Will Kevin Hart actually, like, like is he going to actually really address Cat Williams in a manner that he needs to with the, with the tone and the posture that a real, true, great stand-up comedian would do? Come on, man. There's a reason why they don't talk about Chappelle like that. I'm just saying, fam, stand-up ain't just, you know what I'm saying, a comedy special. Some niggas is really stand-up niggas. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm just going to leave it at that right there, fam. Because I can sit here and do a whole podcast about Dave Chappelle and Cat Williams, fam. If you leave it to me. Um, Speaking of Dave Chappelle, I feel like this is a perfect segue. Um, I actually didn't see it, but I did hear about this new stand-up special that he released. This actually was released on New Year's Eve. So this is actually last year. We already 10 days into 2024. Listen, man, EBCG season three, I had to get this shit. We had to kick this thing off the right way, fam. I've been pressed for time. I ain't really, when I can't watch a Dave Chappelle documentary, understand that, listen, like I said, Tunnel Vision. Will Maddox TV. The TV stands for Tunnel Vision, right? I've been working, right? I've been moving. I've been shaking. I ain't really see this. I heard about some things. I heard, you know, um... I did hear like one of the lines in it because I was definitely uh shout out to Club Ambition podcast, you know, my guys over there. They was definitely talking about this and they did play a clip. Um and I did hear one of the things that he said in regards to <laughs> I don't listen, man. I just feel like at this point, obviously Dave Chappelle is making it you know, he's making it a point to kind of be the face of Really what he's doing is stand-up comedy, right? That's really what he's doing, right? And I just feel like this whole notion that a particular group of people or a particular community, pardon me, a group of individuals who have a certain uh, certain beliefs, I'm trying to like word this shit carefully. They're not canceling me, fam. Y'all not gonna cancel me and Chappelle. Chappelle got the bag already. I could, he don't care about being canceled, fam. I gotta be careful with my word in here. Right? But I just feel like the LGBTQ community at this point, fam, it's just like, I don't know, man. Like, how can I say this without getting canceled? We just got bigger fish to fry. No pun intended. No pun intended. But we do have bigger fish to fry here. I'm sorry, man. We don't, like, realistically, like, just... How selfish can a motherfucker be is what I'm saying. You think we have time to take the time to fucking address every goddamn time one of you motherfuckers is feeling some type of way about a joke that a comedian is saying on a goddamn comedian on stage. He's on stage. Now, I could understand if uh, some type of rant, like this is not like a Donald Sterling situation where like motherfuckers is in their leisure time. And they feel this way, right? Now, if, a, if, a, if some type of recording comes out and it's Dave Chappelle and he's smoking his cigarette and shit on his Porsche, you know what I'm saying? And if we hear some type of like, that might hit differently. What I'm saying is this. He's clearly trying to do a stand-up special. You know what I'm saying? Like, what more do you want from this man, right? So I say all that to say this. Clearly, there's been this kind of back and forth between, like, they basically try to cancel Chappelle every stand-up special now, right? Like, it's kind of just like, personally, I haven't seen this one yet. 
I believe it's called, uh, what is it called? The Dreamer or Dreamers. I'm definitely going to take a look at this. And y'all know I'll come back with the review and all that, episode 52. Um, I haven't really heard any great reviews about this. And that's not Chappelle-like. I will say that, right? Usually when Chappelle drop a stand-up, that's like like when an album drop type shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? From one of your, your favorites. That's something that we... Got the streets buzzing, people talking. We, we we already remember the jokes, the quotables, the lines and shit. This one ain't really have that same effect. We still talking about Cat Williams a week later, right? So that should kind of tell you, you know, maybe, you know, I don't know, man. Did Chappelle lose his stuff a little bit up there, man? I do feel like at this point, they'll drop the LGBTQ shit, though. Personally. Like, for me, for my air, for my palate... I don't really care. I don't. At this point, it is kind of like, all right, point made. I do understand what he's doing, but for me personally, point motherfucking made, fam. You are way too great to just be up there talking about this same shit every stand-up special, right? I don't really want to hear about it anymore. Is what I'm saying, right? You're clearly not canceled, right? Like, let's just get some classic vintage Chappelle talking about politics and shit, clever. You know, like, you know, y'all know Chappelle. Chappelle was a monster. My favorite Dave Chappelle stand-up special is easily, um, I don't even know the name of it. That's terrible. And I was just, um, not Killing Him Softly, which was a great and a classic, but the other one. Is it For What It's Worth? I believe it is For What It's Worth. For What It's Worth. I believe that was his second one. That was right after Killing Him Softly, right? And following that, is that was no easy follow act. He came back with for what did that in San Francisco? Yeah, they was in San Francisco. For what? What's the name of the shit? For what is uh? Yeah, nah. I need to at this point, fam. Hold on, fam. I said this was gonna be my longest. For what it's worth, my favorite day uh, Chappelle stand up special. He was going. He went crazy. R. Kelly, you know. He had some really, really, I mean, the setups were just fucking brilliant. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And I do feel like he needs to kind of get back to that, you know. Um, But Chappelle going to be Chappelle, though, man. And at the end of the day, man, he been doing this shit before I was born, basically. You know what I'm saying? How old is Chappelle? He's not too far off. I mean, now Chappelle is up there, though. Chappelle like 50. Yeah, before I was born, he was doing this. He started early, so yeah, for sure. He started, he was like 11. Yeah, for definitely. 10 or some shit when he was touched his first stage. This is a fucking icon, is what I'm saying. So yeah, uh, Dreamers, Dave Chappelle documentary. I haven't seen it yet, but I will take a look at that at some point. We're not going to get into the NBA just yet, because realistically, fam, I'm not going to hold you. Oh, man. Man, oh man, oh man. The aftermath. Uh, Hannah Payne sentenced to life with parole. So this is something that, you know, I wasn't even really too familiar with this, this whole case. Right? So she actually has the option to get out on parole at some point. She also has an eight to five year or a five to eight year sentence that she will have to serve concurrently and all that legal jargon shit, right? I say all that to say this. This fucking shit was crazy to watch, right? And I'm I'm kinda I'm at a point now where like all of these like 
anything that that's happening inside of the courtroom, right? Which there's been a lot going on inside of the courtroom these days. Like I said, we just started the year, but man, I just feel like listen, listen, my case got dismissed right in goddamn time, fam. Get me the fuck out of here, bro. I don't ever want to see that wooden fucking bench and the, the guards and the mar like just I don't it's fucking nasty in there. It's nasty in there and it ain't no better in 2024. The courtroom is a cesspool. It is a zoo. It's a mess. It's it's going viral and shit. Judges is trying to go viral now. Who is that? They had that one judge. She was going crazy. I think she might be on TikTok right now or something. She might have quit being a judge to do TikToks because the the the, the the need to go viral is such a drug that even the judge is trying to go viral, fam. She was doing a lot of, you know what I'm saying? She was smiling in the camera, rapping lyrics to niggas, sending them, giving them their sentence and shit like, man, please, your honor, this is a courtroom here. You trying to go viral? I'm sitting here fighting for my goddamn life. I digress. Hannah Payne, I wasn't aware or familiar with who she was or this case or this situation. I might have heard of it. Um, this happened back in 2019. Um, this was a citizen's arrest turned deadly. And unfortunately, a man, I don't have his name in front of me. Um, this did take place in Clay Clayton County, Georgia. But it was an older man, older gentleman. And, you know, unfortunately, he was he was gunned down. Now, there's several different eyewitnesses and different stories and that's kind of what I want to get to, right? Because I, I kind of was, I was a little invested in, the, you know. Like I said, man, after you have your own legal situation, it does forever change the way, you know, you kind of look at these situations going forward. And I mean, I'm not even going to lie to you, man. This was such a case study right here. Hannah Payne in that courtroom. I mean, what a case study. What a case study for Will Maddox TV. She did everything wrong in there, fam. Everything. Everything she did in there, she did it wrong. She didn't even, she didn't handle the situation correctly, right? So that was what she went wrong. That was the first thing she did wrong, right? Was trying to make the decision to, to do a citizen's arrest because you wanted to be a hero. Oh, he was, he was going so fast and he was going to hit me. So I went with my gun on me. Right? She didn't even tell the, the paramedics she had the legal firearm on you if you really was on that type of time. And I'm jumping all over this. I don't really want to harp on it. So I'm kind of just trying to get it out of the way. And low key, we already 59 minutes in, fam. Right? We already an hour into the episode. Right? One year anniversary, one hour in. 7.50 p.m. on the dot. Yeah, I got to shake and move tomorrow. So... I say all that to say that she was up there telling all kind of lies, man. And it was clear as day. It was clear as day. It was just as clear as the day or the morning that you went out there and you gunned this man down in front of all of these people. Right? I'm not even really sure. In her mind, I guess she felt like it's been too many incidents where black people have just been mistreated and gunned down on the streets like animals with no repercussions. So that might have been the battery that was in her back. I'm just going to assume that, right? Because what else would you have thought? I'm not really sure. Like, yeah, so this man, you know, I'm not sure what the situation was as far as, like, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, speak wrong, wrongly on the, on the death. I don't really know if he was inebriated or what his, you know, situation was. I kind of was 
I was invested in the trial, but I wasn't invested in the trial, right? I didn't catch every detail. I did see that, you know, obviously his family was there, you know, um, people that, you know, they had different, I believe, activists, you know, representing the family. They was kind of there in solidarity. I do feel like that prosecutor was, um, I didn't catch her name, but she was definitely, you know, she did a fantastic job as well, you know. And even the the, the 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 defender, like I feel like they all kind of the lawyers did what they had to do. They did their job, is what I'm saying, right? And at the end of the day, that's not an easy job to do, because you can even see at certain points, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it was tough. It was tough to kind of try to defend that type of situation. That she went up there and she testified and she didn't do herself no favors. You know, it's something like it's something like Jonathan Majors, you know doing this sit-down interview, which we're going to get to right after this, right? Hannah Payne definitely got life with parole. I do still feel like it's tough to see that, you know. I kind of feel like, yeah, man, you know, if this is in a situation where somebody just outright, you know, was just a stone-cold killer, right, or rapist, or I do still feel a little remorse, I must say, right? And I'm just going to be all the way honest, man. Seeing somebody, because at the end of the day, yeah, clearly she did the wrong thing. And we're not going to, you know, we can't, um, we don't stray away from that, right? What she did was wrong. She did some dumb shit. She shouldn't have done it. But then I also understand, I kind of also understand, you know, that moment of something kind of being blurry and unclear, right? And how things could trans, you know, spire quickly, right? Was that this kind of situation here? Well, the jury didn't think so, right? And she got the time she got, right? And then also, I feel like the fact that she had a licensed firearm, I mean, listen, man, if the eyewitness testimonies are, you know, accurate, which I do feel like those two girls didn't look like they had nothing, those two young women, they didn't have any reason to be in there lying on behalf of somebody that they didn't know, right? They kind of just happened to be close enough to hear and see what was going on and According to their testimonies, Hannah Payne was out there trying to put in some pain, okay? And she was very, very aggressive. She was very, very, you know, just she attacked this man. I don't have his name, but she, you know, she was definitely the aggressor in the situation, right? And that's that was one of the key takeaways for me. Like, damn, you do kind of seem to be up here trying to present yourself as some type of victim or martyr when in all reality, in all reality, you lost your temper and you, you know, you took a man's life. So at the end of the day, the court took your life. And that's kind of what the situation is now. Life with parole. I do feel like she will get out at some point Um, on good behavior. They might put her in the police force. I'm not even going to hold you. She fits. She has the look down already. Right. And realistically, fam, I feel like that was probably what she was trying to yeah, ultimately, she probably would have ended up on the force. All you have to do is just wait for them damn test results. You jump the gun. Literally, you jump the gun. You can't go out there and take it upon yourself without a badge and a uniform and a firearm, right? Well, she had the firearm. You can't have the firearm without, you know what I'm saying? You got to be sworn in under oath, man. You can't just be out here with your gun and your feelings and shit. Because somebody's driving a certain type of way. And then the prosecutor really messed her up. It was a certain point where they pulled up the pictures. I mean, like I said, man, I was watching this thing. I'll be off that cush. 
So I'm a little blurry with it, but I definitely remember that one part where she, they, they put the, she got the big Jeep that she drove and they showed how basically it would indicate the way she was parked and the position her vehicle was in. You clearly cut this man off. You sitting there trying to paint it like he was reckless. But from what we could see here, and then she tried to hit her with some like, uh, she gave us some vague response. She had another picture, different angle. They zoomed in even closer. Clearly debunked everything that she had just said. Like they just kept, she just kept lying and fumbling over the lies. And I mean, man, it was tough to watch. It was tough to watch, man. You know, but you got to do the right thing. You got to do the right thing, man. You got to do the right thing. Um, And like I said, man, it's been a fucking zoo in these courtrooms, man. You had this one dude. I don't have his name. I don't know his name. I don't even think at this point, fam, like they might have took his name from, they might have stripped him of his name legally because the way he looked when he went back in that courtroom, they put a muzzle on this man and all type of shit, fam. Yeah, I probably know what I'm referring to at this point. I'm definitely referring to the, the man who dove over the judge's bench to, to Superman punch the judge in the face, my nigga. For all of the black men who have been wronged by this system, fam. Understand that we finally got one. We got one off, fam. We all vicariously lived through this man in that moment. Um, but at the same time, we definitely cringed while we watched it. Because we knew that that was probably not the best course of action, my nigga. You know what I'm saying? So it was one of those things where you kind of felt you was proud for a split, brief moment. And then you right away, you know what I'm saying? Another emotion hits you right after that. Like, ooh, fuck. When they finally get up off the floor with this nigga, the time you about to get, how they going to treat you, you not getting no water, nothing, nothing. They going to make sure they give you the bread with the mold on it. You're finished, fam. He ain't going to have a meal in days. They going to starve him out, all type of shit. They going to stomp him out. They going to starve him and stomp him. He's going to have a nightmare going forward, man. Just, you know. And, I mean, you know, I can't say that it's not justified, right? You know, he, he literally did what he did, right? That took a lot of, like, calf strength to do what he did, man. I mean, I'm just saying, like, realistically, fam, like, I don't know, man. I just feel like, you know, you get that nigga a Spalding and a jersey or something. There's other ways we could kind of use this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Knicks... Like, they might need him or so. I don't know, man. I don't know. He's done, though. He's definitely done. He did something that, you know, I, I've never even seen that done before. I didn't even know that was possible. I didn't even know it was possible. I've been in the courtroom, fam. I stood in front of the judge. You are nowhere near the judge. Like, they have it set up to where it's literally impossible. I don't know how he got to the judge. At this point, what it's looking like is, like, maybe that judge is at. Like, they probably don't like her or something like i don't know i don't know i'm not sure how he was able to get because you gotta understand you behind a bench so he had to come through that little you know what i'm saying you have to come around one bench i'm not sure if he came around or he hopped over that too but then to actually get around that understand that the guards is usually right there already you feel me so for him to actually be able to take off and get in full stride and really Put his strength into his legs to dive over the thing. Bro, I mean, it's a viral moment, you know. Um, I think Cat Williams got him beat, though, as far as viral moment. 
But that's definitely going to live on the internet for a long time. The judge is fine. You know, she she be all right, man. She be all right. She looked like she took a punch before. I mean, realistically, the way she kind of got up, she kind of ate it, if I'm being all the way a thousand. Like, she ain't really seem like she, she ain't really even looked that dazed like that. She got up. She was cool. And then she made sure she wanted to kind of be the person to still sentence him because she already had made her decision at that point. He just wasn't trying to hear it. So she 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 kind of came back and gave him, you know, the sentence that she already had decided on. So there was no kind of, you know, retaliation, or at least that's how they wanted to paint it publicly, right? Because realistically, fam, we don't know what her sentence was, right? She could have just been saying that. But he will be um charged and tried for, you know, um assaulting a... What's the term? What's the terminology here? It's not a court officer. He didn't want to hit him with all of that shit, though. He, he assaulted everybody in the courtroom. They gonna hit him with riot, all type of shit. He's done, bro. A riot in the courtroom? Well, your record is crazy. Right? And this is coming from a... Anyway. Jonathan Majors. For major, you know, for major brawls in the courtroom and major viral moments, we get to Jonathan Majors and this interview that he did on I don't even know was this what was this NBC huh CNN at this point it doesn't matter they all gonna have it they all gonna post it it's everywhere it's viral another viral moment it's a lot of viral shit going on in 2024 Jonathan Majors Cat Williams the court is crazy like Jonathan Majors did himself no favors with this interview. Um, I don't really even have that much to say about it. You know, like I said initially, you know, on my previous episode, right? I spoke on the whole situation and the verdict that came down. And I said, I said two things that proved to be true from this interview. Cause he actually said this, right? He said that the biggest mistake he made, and I literally said this verbatim was when he picked this lady up and put her in the car, that was a big mistake, right? And I'm glad he actually acknowledged that. Clearly, at this point, that's the easy call to make. I do also understand that, once again, in the heat of the moment, in the heat of the moment, you don't necessarily have that, you know, that retrospective, right? You can't really look at the situation in full totality. You in the heat of the moment, I get that. I completely understand that. So in that in that moment, he felt like, all right, fam, if I just put her back in the car, right? So that didn't really play out in his favor, and I kind of felt like that was going to hurt him. I also felt like I said that I didn't want to see him on the apology tour, right? I didn't want to see him with Megan Good, and they looking sad, and Megan Good looks sad, she over there. I mean, it looked like, it literally low-key low looked like a soap opera. You know what I'm saying? A scene in Days of Our Lives or some shit, right? She over there crying. He crying. The interview was stone cold. Just asking questions, fam. She couldn't care less. Like, I got lunch in 30 minutes, fam. Let's get this interview the fuck over with. This nigga in there trying to... You crying to Marvel? You're crying to Marvel. Think about it. You can't cry to Marvel. You can't. Like, and realistically, fam, I, I definitely... So, look. The Joe Budden Podcast... What they was basically saying on the episode, their latest episode, was that they felt like it was a complete... And, you know, I understand. Listen, niggas be podding, fam. 
I know, listen, there's a lot of energy in the room. You kind of got to, you know what I'm saying? Like, we have to kind of just deliver the product at this point, right? So sometimes a lot of the shit that's being said be for entertainment or entertainment purposes. And I get that. But I, I, I will say that I definitely didn't agree with the whole notion that, like, basically, like, Marvel was setting this up and they're basically kind of behind this because ABC, it was ABC, you know, they're the parent company to ABC and because the interview took place on ABC, somehow this is some type of, I'm not jacking that, I'm not jacking that. I don't feel like that would even make sense considering the fact that Marvel could have just stayed quiet, bro. They had no reason to come out and fire this man in the manner that they did publicly. I didn't feel like they had the reason. They had no reason to publicly fire and, you know, put that statement out the way they did. So with that being said, I just feel like I don't I don't see how this could be a plot. You know, I'm not sure why they would even, you know. They kind of help put the flames, you know, what I'm saying you can't cause the fire and then try to extinguish it. Right. You you kind of help this thing get cooked up here. But yeah, man, that's kind of just all I really had on that. Jonathan Majors, he sat down, you know. Um, he said a lot of different things. He was trying to explain. So, you know, they was really getting into details, you know, the reporter that interviewed him. She definitely asked him about the whole Coretta Scott King, you know, uh, and I didn't even realize there was a whole audio of this, right? And she played the audio. Of him, you know, I'm not really sure where they were or what was going on. Like, they was probably in the house, I'm assuming. More than likely, they probably wasn't in lower Manhattan having this conversation, right? And he's sitting there telling this lady that, you know, because of, you know, the significant role I play in society. And because I'm such a large, like, I'm really him, basically. Like, I'm him. I'm a super villain on Marvel. I'm getting a, I got 20 movies lined up. I need a Coretta, is what he said, right? And I mean, I'm not going to sit here and clown him for that. All I can say is this, man, to each his own. Listen, hey, hey, I'm not going to act like I haven't had certain requests in my life that I felt like everybody can't go. And you know what? That's the name of the podcast for a reason, fam. I can't I can't go there with Jonathan Majors. I can't. I just can't. I can't. I can't simply understand why you would request such a thing from somebody who clearly, I mean, it's just like, fam, you started in the wrong place if you were looking for that. Megan Good is a much better start. So you in the right place now. And we're going to air horn him for that. Maybe you found your Coretta now. And according to him, he definitely very emotionally confirmed that he found his Coretta. He said it. He said it in the interview. He said that Megan is his Coretta. She was over there. I mean, and I just, I just feel like, you know, I just wish them all the best, man. I just wish them all the best, Jonathan Majors and Making Good. I do feel like at a certain point, he will reappear in the films. Is it going to be the same roles, and is it going to be with Marvel? Personally, I doubt it, right? I do feel like Marvel, and this does feel like one of those things where it was kind of like contractually, he already kind of signed a contract. So they couldn't really do nothing with him contractually. And I've been in this situation as well. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, I could also relate to his other situation. And the other situation I'm referring to is the fact that, yeah, yeah, 
Me too. I too have been a victim of white rage, fam. And when a Karen has her mind set on trying to, you know, like, listen, man, listen, let me go ahead and tell y'all a brief story about a time where I attended Marine Park Junior High School. I mean, this is one of the, you know, this is one of the most racist educational programming. Like I, I just, I've never seen outright blatant favoritism like this in my life, right? Where the teachers were literally, like if one of the textbooks, anyway, I digress, right? It was just a lot of weird shit going on in Marine Park, man, right? So fast forward, I'm in there, you know, this particular day, I get there a little later than everybody else. I was actually the latest person this day, right? It was probably like 12 or something. Everybody already in their second period classes, shit. I'm just getting to school, right? Whatever the case may be. I might have had, I don't know. I probably needed to, I probably didn't eat breakfast or something. I had to probably go get a sandwich or something. I'm not really sure what the situation was, but just know, I pulled up. When I pulled up, I was a little later than usual. Cool. You got that. You got that. I actually came to school, and even though I was late, it was one of them days, and anybody, you know, you could kind of relate to this if you went to school. Like, everybody had their day of the week where you just kind of felt a little extra motivated than usual type shit. Like, I'm coming to school to do all my work today. Like, I really wanted to. I had great intentions. Like, I came. I had my textbooks, my notebooks, my pen, my pencils, everything. I was ready to go. You feel me? I really was, too. Like, I really remember this. Like, saying this on my way. Like, all right, I'm late. I'm going to really try to, like, lock in today and really get shit done. I'm not going to joke in class today. I'm not going to be the class clown. I'm not going to be throwing the paper in the garbage and disrupting the class and the teacher. I'm not going to. I'm going to be on my shit today, right? I had these great intent. Man, listen, fast forward. I get in the building, fam. I got a fitting on my head. Whatever the fitting was, I feel like it was like a, I mean, well, they changed the name of this team. And I'm glad they did because the Washington Redskins Enough said. We talking about racism right now and shit. Like, and the irony, the irony, right? The Washington Redskins is crazy, right? They definitely changed it though, right? They're the Commanders now, right? So at the time, they were still the Redskins, man. And this shit was like a popular for whatever reason. This hat was like just super popular, right? With the red, you know. Listen, man, they had a whole goddamn slave on the hat, fam, for all we know. We don't know who this Indian was, just random Indian on the hat, smiling from ear to ear, cheek to cheek and shit, fam. And it's Thanksgiving and I got this shit on, fam. Why is this nigga smiling, fam? Get this nigga off the hat. I digress, fam. Then they had the shit with like, you you could get the studs put in your shit, right? So basically it would look like they had an Indian smiling with, with gold grills on your hat, fam. It was actually kind of wild. I'm not even sure why I had the hat now that I think about it, right? I digress. Man, fast forward. I come in the building. I got my hat on. This teacher, this white lady. I don't remember her name, obviously, right? I'm not trying to be disrespectful here. What I'm saying is I don't remember her name. She was on her way to her class to do what she had to do. I'm on my way to, you know what I'm saying? I just get to the building or whatever the case may be. So fast forward, I walk in with my hat on. Obviously, there was a thing. There was rules, right? And one of the rules was like we couldn't wear our hats in the building. But I feel like I had just literally walked in. So I'm like, you ain't even give me enough time to like, I ain't even stretch or nothing, fam. It was literally like I walked in. She was walking by. 
She literally pulled my hat, fam. She grabbed the brim of my brand new fitted cap, fam, that I just paid $50 for, whatever it was at the time. It might have been 40 or 30 even at that time. Could have even been. Now, nah, them, them joints had to go for 30. 30 or 35, right? At the time? Man, she twisted the brim all crazy, grabbed it. I feel like I had a headache too, so like she hurt me while she did it. Pulled my damn hat off my head. And really tried to just keep it pushing with my hat. So naturally, my natural response was to get my hat back, right? Now, I didn't place one hand on this lady. I have no reason to lie. Um, this is the one-year anniversary of my podcast. I'm on episode 51. You can go back to episode one, and you can fast forward it to now, fam. There is not one lie told on the EBCG podcast, Man, fast forward, you know this lady went, like, let me just get to it, man. Let me just get to it, fam. Because this is really about Jonathan Majors. I really just wanted to show y'all that I could relate to the situation. And I've been in a situation where Karen wanted to hurt me. She wanted to hurt me bad. I'm in the seventh grade, fam. Why you pull my hat off? Then when I come to get my hat back, mind you, I'm taller than this lady. All right? So she, she literally had the hat up in her. She tried to put it in the air and put it over my head, basically. Like, I couldn't just grab the hat out of her hand. So she basically felt dumb when I literally just reached and snatched my hat back out of her hand. That's all I did. Snatched the hat back out of her hand, went went to class, right? I might have called her a bitch or something crazy, too. I'm not going to hold you, fam. I was fresh like that. At the time, come on, man. I'm in Marine Park. It's already, the energy was already kind of... You know what I'm saying? They kind of forced you to say it, is what I'm saying, right? You ain't really have no choice certain days, fam. You got me up early in the goddamn morning. I'm coming here for this bullshit, this racist curriculum and shit. So, yeah, you lose your cool. You took my hat. I might have called her whatever I said. Fast forward, I get to the classroom. Do you know this lady came to the classroom door in tears, my nigga? I swear to God, it's not even. I'm not even exaggerating. She was literally in tears. They had to hold her up, my nigga. Like they was holding this lady up as if a car just hit her, right? She's, they said they, she's standing there pointing. So of course she points at me. Man, these security man, they opened the door. They told me to get up, come here. Da, da, da. They grabbed me up. Man, fast forward, because I didn't even really catch wind of everything until, like, later on to the hearing and shit. I had to go to a hearing, fam. This lady said I beat her the fuck up, fam. She said I body slammed her, punched her in the stomach, all type of shit, fam. She said I did a Draymond Green move. She said a lot, bro. She was saying a lot in that hearing, too. And it was so crazy. That was my first experience, if I'm being all the way honest. Pardon me for kicking the mic stand. Hold on, mic check, mic check. I ain't done with the episode yet. Are we clear? Yeah, that was just basically one of my first experiences with just like somebody being an outright, you know, fucking liar, basically. You know what I'm saying? And a racist, right? And just wanting to see you fail, you know, um, because obviously they weren't prospering in their own lives, right? In some way, shape, or form. So, yeah, I say all that to say this, man. That whole long ass story about me in the seventh grade and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying I already went through that. It's what I'm saying. I say all that to say this. I really went through this. At 12, I went through this. This is a whole fact. like So I can relate to a certain degree with just being on the wrong side of a Karen, man. You, you, you know what I mean? So I do have a little soft spot there to a certain degree. You know. But at the same time, man, you and Megan Good crying 
on ABC. Like, I just feel like my nigga, like, realistically, fam, go to Sway in the morning, bro. Like, go to black media, bro. Go to the breakfast club. We'll take a breakfast club interview. Huh? Ebro in the morning. The EBCG podcast. Come on, man. We out here now, man. This is a new day and age, fam. We run the airwaves now, fam. We don't need them. We don't need to go sit on their couches crying and begging for jobs anymore, fam. We got fan duel. We got fucking prize picks. It's a lot of ways to get to the bag now is what I'm saying, right? Just chill, my nigga. And Tyler Perry, I'm not really sure. Tyler Perry is ass, low-key. Pause. But where are you at? Where's Tyler Perry right now, fam? You mean to tell me we got 15 Medeas. You got this big-ass studio now because of that, right? Which is crazy to me. Now the nigga put on the drill. Right, listen, man. Listen, man. We I want to go back and listen to that Cat Williams interview again, bruh. Tyler Perry got this big studio. Why did he get that studio, fam? I'm just saying, man, that dress, it might be something to the dress at this point. You know what I'm saying? When a black man got the biggest studio in the world and shit, and I still see black actresses and actors, well, in particular, Taraji, who we spoke about earlier, I just feel like, fam, reach out, fam. Reach out and fix the situation, fam. You got a goddamn studio, fam. We could create our own Marvel is basically what I'm trying to get to. And if Jonathan Majors... Still wants to work in Hollywood. He should still have that opportunity because we have black people in Hollywood with resources, right? Or do we? Or do we? Or do we? Because this is a cabal, right? What Cat Williams said? Nigga said it's a cabal. It's a consortium, nigga. This should be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. They will block you right out of some shit if you're not trying to play ball. Or lick balls. Pause. I mean, listen, this is what he said in the interview, fam. This shit is viral now. We can't run from it now, right? It's out there. Listen, I'm not really sure if I want to even touch on Gypsy Rose being released from prison after nine years, you know, um, just for the simple fact that I, I kind of got a little weirded out by the whole story, and I had to kind of just, like, certain shit, like, like I said, man, everything, everybody can't go, every topic can't go. And just sometimes some shit just shouldn't really hit the docket for real, right? <clears throat> but you know, this is the year of things going viral. And, you know, damn, is that the topic of the episode, fam? We going viral? Viral, spiral. I'm going to figure something out. But a lot of viral shit is going on. We got we got people coming out of prison. So what's, what's going on? Gypsy Rose. Gypsy Rose was released from prison recently after a nine-year stint. Um, um, she basically listen, man. I like some of this stuff. Like I said, it's just so dark. I don't really want to document the darkness, right? I don't want to go back years from now listening to this. Well, this is the whole thing, right? Her mother. Unfortunately, you know, listen, man, I, I wasn't aware of this either. This is one of those things where it was just something that kind of it, it slipped my timeline. I didn't see or hear about this when it happened. And if I did, I forgot about it right away. But apparently this this young this young lady was being essentially tortured, you know, by her mom. And her mom basically was forcing a lot of just different operations and surgeries and 
all these different things to this young girl. And that was only basically for monetary gain, right? So she can profit and do, I don't know what she was doing with the money, right? She probably was a crackhead or something. I don't know what she was doing with that money and why she needed money so goddamn bad that she was willing to use her daughter as a goddamn, like a doll, basically. She treated her daughter like she was a doll and did whatever she wanted with her. I'm talking about, we talking about all types of surgeries and, you know, and this kid basically was robbed completely of a childhood and, you know, doesn't necessarily justify what took place and basically what took place was, you know, she eventually ran into a, a man or she met a man on a, a Christian dating website. I don't even want to know the name of what the website is. Is it Christian Mingle? I don't know what the fuck. Like, she met this guy on whatever the website was, and apparently she was able to coerce or convince, you know, this individual that, well, essentially that, you know, she needed to take her mom out, you know. And that's kind of what happened. And, you know, they both ended up doing time. This 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 man is actually still doing time. He's doing a life sentence. I just said that Gypsy Rose was recently released. So you're probably scratching your head thinking to yourself, how does that even work, right? <clears throat> how is it that somebody can basically essentially be responsible for the, you know, someone's death and they can get released from prison, but the other individual who was basically equally as responsible is still in prison, and realistically, fam, I don't have the answers to everything. And this is like, like I said, and the reason why I didn't want to put this on my docket, if I'm being honest with you, is because I just couldn't make sense of it, for real. I tried to. I sat with it for a long time, for like an hour, bro, like 30 minutes. I sat there like, let me see how I want to approach and tackle this one right here, right? And I just feel like it's just a bunch of, it's just weird. It's too weird. It's dark energy. Because like, even like, yeah, okay. You got out of prison, kudos to you, right? Go somewhere and go sit your ass down, fam. Like, after that, you got energy to be on the internet and be, you doing TikTok and you you talking about you, what she said? She said something crazy and went viral. Oh, yeah, they, they was basically, I don't know if they was making fun of her boyfriend or something along those lines. She, she has another boyfriend, by the way, right? So, the first boyfriend you had, you convinced him to go kill somebody. And you basically ruined his life. You went and got another nigga. We don't even know what this nigga on and how you even pulled this off, right? Because in my mind, I'm like, what dude in their right mind is literally sitting there like, yo, man, I just see something in her eyes. Like, fam, clearly you had a rough childhood too, you know what I'm saying? And this might be a match made in heaven, fam, or hell. I don't know what's going on, right? But you got a goddamn murderer over here doing TikToks and going viral. And then apparently everybody, like, she getting fans. And, like, it's like a whole thing. She about to be in movies, I feel like, the way they got her on. She was just on, what was she, on The View? Katie Couric and fucking, you know what I'm saying? They over there talking about, yeah, we understand. And they basically giving her her flowers and shit. Like, she fucking dropped an album or something, bro. This shit is just weird, bro. Way no time in the 2024. Like, we off to a kind of... I'm not really sure how this year is going to end, for real. I know this for damn sure, though. Everybody ain't going to go. Everybody can't go. And the way it's looking right now, everybody cannot go to 2025, fam. We already are off to a fucking crazy, viral, 
You got Gypsy coming home from killing her mom. They celebrating her. They about to throw a parade next. What we doing, fam? She killed her mom, bro. She hired somebody or paid or whatever she did. And yeah, 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 I get it. She went through what she went through. And obviously, that was terrible. And I don't wish that on anybody. But I just don't want to see her every day. You know what I'm saying? On my timeline and shit, right? Like, that's not what we're doing, right? Are we? Is this the message that we want to send to the younger generation? I mean, listen, man. At this point, message received. <laughs> message acknowledged and requested, fam. They out here shooting up everything, fam. Everything. It's a mass shooting every week now. You got planes falling out the goddamn sky. What just happened with the plane, man? I didn't really write this on my docket, but I've been hearing things about a plane and and bolts being detached. And I don't know, like 8.24 p.m. on the dot. I definitely want to just take this moment right now to say Mamba forever. But what was I just saying? Yeah, yeah, bolts. What was this plane, man, with the bolts on the plane, fam? Let me just pull this up real quick, fam, because I've been hearing about it. I just want to know where this took place. Um, Well, it took place in the sky. But apparently some plane, uh, a Boeing, some plane has some type of... Okay, so this was Alaska Airlines flight. Investigation may focus on loose bolts. Boeing 737 MAX 9 jet investigation focuses on missing bolts. Investigation, investigators zero in on bolts on plane door that blew out mid-flight. Okay, so the door on the plane actually did blow out mid-flight. Okay. I'm not seeing anything about a death toll, and I don't want to see it. So I'm not going to keep scrolling. United finds loose bolts on some... So I'm basically... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I basically need some type of like... I just don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. This is what we doing? We got bolts loose on the plane? Why are the bolts loose? The door blew open. Okay, so that's what happened. That's what everybody's talking about. Well, so yeah, right? You got planes, but the, the doors is opening on planes, fam, while you mid-flight. Good luck in 2024, fam. We are off to an amazing start. Amazing. Got aliens landing and malls and shit. They just get right to it, fam. Let's put the fear in them right in January, right away, right away, fam. We aliens. The aliens is in Miami now. Yeah, yeah, aliens in Miami. Planes is falling out the goddamn sky. Check the water. He's alive. Is Godzilla going to pop out of the fucking Atlantic Ocean next? I tell you what, though. Um, Francis Ngannou, speaking of Godzilla, you know, we got a lot. Of fighting to do this year and to dissect, break down, and watch. And so far, so good. You know, they just recently announced that Francis Ngannou is set to face, you know, Anthony Joshua. Um, this fight will be taking place in Saudi Arabia March 8th, if I'm not mistaken. So that's right around the corner. We'll be like two months. Oh, just a little bit less than two months. So, yeah, that's right there. Francis Ngannou, obviously. Um, similar to Shannon Sharp, who we spoke about earlier, is another one of those individuals who kind of basically had the odds stacked against them when it came to, you know, basically being a part of a big company, a big corporation, and then kind of going at that company or that organization. And, like, now you're at odds with this company. 
And usually in those situations, the expectation is you're walking away from something that you're, you're probably not going to ever get anywhere else again, right? And this is this is basically your ceiling type shit. So anytime an individual is able to kind of walk away from a situation, which is another thing that I can absolutely relate to, and just continue to build themselves and get better and better than the situation or better than you entered the situation, right? I just feel like that's worthy of celebrating. And Francis Ngannou has been doing an amazing job post-UFC career. You know, signed a big contract um, over there at the, is it the PFL? You know, obviously, you know, he's doing boxing. He could still do MMA fights, but right now, the boxing shit is where it's at right now, fam. And he's definitely, you know, getting ready to fight Anthony Joshua, who's coming off of a, you know, a pretty big win himself. Uh, unfortunately, Deontay Wilder couldn't pick up a win. So, yeah, we, we're not going to get the Deontay Wilder, Francis Ngannou fight, at least not in 2025. I find that very, very hard to believe. As a matter of fact, I won't be surprised if we see Deontay Wilder announce his retirement this year. Because, <clears throat> yeah, I know I just came straight in from work, right? I ain't even take a shower. I'm not even going to cap. No shower, no dinner, fam. Just a little sip of essential water. And I'm going to get to it, fam. A little essential water. Turn on the recorder. Huh? This is a podcast slaughter. Nah, but Francis Ngannou, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say all I have to say this. Deontay Wilder is probably finished when it comes to the boxing, right? Because his last fight, I don't even know who the dude was in there with him, fam. You can't knock him out? I don't know. Maybe he getting too much money. Maybe you already, maybe you got so many knockouts at this point, fam, that you don't want to knock niggas out no more. Maybe that's really what it is. Like, maybe you starting to feel remorse for all of the damage you inflicted with this punching power. And, I mean, I don't know what it is, but I just know that he's not looking like a sharp, solid heavyweight in the division, right? So, it's going to be hard to kind of sell around that. We do have a lot of boxing to look forward to this year, though. I will say, you know. Whether it's, you know, Tank, Devin Haney, who definitely had an amazing performance in his last performance as well. Obviously, Ryan Garcia is still, you know, he's still lurking around, waiting for his. I'm sure he'd be looking for a rematch at some point against Tank. And he also had a pretty big victory in his last performance. So it's a lot of a lot of exciting fights and a lot of exciting matchups out there to look forward to. Um, as I say matchups, in the back of my mind, I definitely want to just take a, a quick moment to salute and shout out to my guy. Rip right HD. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, you know, this is just an individual who I kind of just watch from afar. You know, you got your people who, it's not like you're in competition with, but you kind of, you know, you kind of watch and you kind of study how they kind of position and brand themselves. And Rip right is one of them dudes that was basically from my neighborhood that completely turned his whole situation around, right? From being in the prison system and being kind of caught up with that. Came out, did a complete 180. He's doing his thing in the calisthenics game right now. And I just was watching something this morning on his channel because I am subscribed to the channel, Rip Right HD. 
salute. He got the ripsticks over there. I know there's some controversy going on as far as the ripsticks right now. And, you know, listen, man, they can't stand to see you in it. They can't stand to see when you get into a bag. And, and unfortunately, and realistically, what, what I will say is this. If anything, you should be looking at that more as a, you know, kind of like a, like, damn, I'm really here now type shit. Like, that's more of a testament to your success, if anything. Because all of the big brands, the Gucci's, the Louis, like, when you are a brand that people want to basically mimic and copy, that means there's a good chance you're probably on to something, right? So one more time, I just wanted to salute Rip Right HD. He had a, uh, an event recently where it was basically like a one-on-one, a one-on-one kind of calisthenics, you know, kind of showdown where they doing all of these different, I mean, listen, man, just go ahead and take the time to look at it when you get a chance yourself. Rip Right HD is the name of the channel. Salute, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that battle was crazy and definitely was a... Uh, you're going to be motivated and inspired, right? But you're talking about fighting and boxing, right? So it just briefly crossed my mind, like, thinking about athletes and shit. Yeah, a lot of athletes over there on that channel. A lot of athletes that we are looking forward to seeing this year in the boxing ring, as well as, as, well as uh, the MMA side of things, right? Because I, like, I feel like Dana White, you could always look forward to Dana White, you know, delivering the best main events and the best cards for UFC. And that's the one thing that you got to give him right now, fam. He got the one up on boxing when it come to... I'm just saying, man. He's going to give the fans what they actually want as opposed to... You know what I'm saying? It's politics in the UFC too, though. It's politics in the UFC. It's politics everywhere, man. It's politics. It's an election year, fam. It's politics going on right now. They trying to get Trump off of every ballot and shit. He's still doing campaigns, saying the same shit. America's going to be great again, fam. He don't even seem phased by none of this shit that's going on. It's almost a joke. It's almost like they want to show us that the country that we live in is a fucking joke. Like, none of this shit... Like, we are watching every... The Constitution has, is being fucking abolished. They quietly... They quietly reinstated Draymond Green. I see what they did. I see what they did. They waited till they got quiet and shit. Everybody kind of, everybody's kind of preoccupied right now. You know, it's a lot going on. Like I just said, it's an election year. So if you ain't focused on politics, you're probably focused on your parlays or something else. Like in my particular case, that's probably where my focus would be right now. And my parlays are going to suffer. My parlays, oh, my parlays are going to suffer this season. We took some tremendous losses this week. We got Draymond Green back, but we lost Ja. I mean, you know. Damn, son. Where'd your We lost Ja Morant. We lost him as far as injury, by the way. Let me be clear when I say that. He didn't lose Ja. He's still able to play the game, but unfortunately, he will not be able to play for the remainder of this season. Um, he recently suffered a shoulder tear, you know. That he had to go and get surgery for. I also... You know, it's, it's, I'm actually not like... This wasn't even planned. But so far, every time I've, I've I've spoken about something, I can literally make a reference to like my exact... Like, I can relate to this too, fam. And I hate to be that guy right now. Like, nigga, you, you need this cat, fam. How you could relate to this too? 
my shoulder is still probably torn right now, fam. No, but in all reality, my shit got a lot better. But what I will say is this, I didn't get any surgery. You know what I'm saying? And my shit was fucked up for like three years, fam. I'm not even going to hold you. Three years of tearing and pulling and ripping and grinding. And it ain't like I've been taking it easy, right? So I say I have to say this. That shoulder tear is no joke, right? So I understand that. My shit kind of good now. Though. I don't want to jinx it. It was coming to the point I couldn't even sleep. You feel me? Like, it was that bad, you know? So I understand the significance of the shoulder injury. What I will say is, man, what the, like, just the time in it, like, God damn. Like, can we just get, are we going, it's starting to feel like Kawhi now to a certain degree. Like, we just not going to get to see this player I mean, come on, man. For him to come back, and obviously, I feel like the Memphis Grizzlies were literally, we were watching them will themselves back into that, you know, obviously they wasn't going to get the best qualifying spot, but they might have made the play-in or something, fam. They was going to get there some way, somehow. They was willing to scratch and claw to get there, fam. They was on their Grizzly, man, and, and obviously John Morant is the battery in the Memphis Grizzlies back. We can no longer... Say what we were saying a couple of years ago when they was basically trying to say the complete opposite. Like, nah, nah, nah. Without John Morant, the Memphis Grizzlies are a better team. That's clearly not the case. He came back. They they started. They, they, they got on a whole nother type of time. And, you know, obviously now, you know, unfortunately, they're going to have to figure out how to, to kind of just push through the rest of the season. I, I do see how this can be a hard blow for the morale as far as, you know. Chemistry and all these things. But, man, listen, man. Minor, minor, minor setback for major comeback. That's my favorite. That's a Kendrick line, by the way. So, if that dedication, uh, Victory Lap, Nipsey Hussle, one of the best songs. That's one of my favorite songs of all time right there. I'm not even going to hold you. Right? So, the jaw effect. It's so crazy because I literally had that on my docket already. Right? That was initially... What I was going to do was I was going to come on here and talk about the jaw effect, right? And basically how he's willing the team back. And it does seem like everybody's kind of rallying around the energy. And he does definitely, you know, give them an extra boost or whatever the case may be. But then I seen this shit in the middle of the night. And that was that right there. So, you know, obviously that might be the end of the Grizzlies season. I do feel like next season is the get back though, for sure. You know what I'm saying? With everything that you've kind of been through this season, everything you kind of had to, you already had to sit out and injuries. And let's just start with a fresh slate next season. You understand what I'm saying? Like we come back fresh, whole new situation. Speaking of a whole new situation, um, the New York Knicks definitely made a big trade recently. And RJ Barrett is now in a whole new situation. New, but quite familiar because they sent him Back home to Toronto. Uh, R.J. Barrett is now a Toronto Raptor. You know, along with uh, Emmanuel Quickly, who a lot of Knicks fans basically are saying that they didn't really want to see him go. By Knicks fans, though, I'm really speaking about Stephen A. Smith, though. Because, you know, Stephen A. Smith is like, he the only one really waving that flag right now that I see out there. Like, Stephen A. Smith is going to make it clear you know, that he agrees or disagrees with everything that the Knicks is doing. The OG Ananobi trade, I do feel like um, it's probably a better fit for them as far as rotation and, and chem not chemistry, but what's the word I'm looking for here? 
the rotation, the rotation. I do feel like R.J. Barrett is like another player who kind of basically wants to score the basketball. You kind of already have that over there with Julius and Jalen Brunson, obviously. You know, we know that he can put up, you know, a good amount of points when he's ready. He kind of been on his like real point guard shit though lately. I see he's been putting up a lot of assists. And I've been seeing that, especially on them days when I'm not making any bets. But I'm, it's cool though. Noted. Noted. You put up 14 assists the other day and then he followed that with a 12 assist game. He low-key doing the Ty, what Tyrese Halliburton was doing before he got hurt. Because now Tyrese Halliburton apparently is injured as well. Everybody injured, fam. Everybody that made your parlay hit is hurt right now, fam. My parlays is going to hurt for a couple of weeks for the rest of the season, quite frankly. For the rest of the season. But you know, like I said, man, um... Tyrese Halliburton, though, I do feel like he needed a break, low-key. Like, you carrying a whole franchise over there, fam. He has no help, bro. This nigga got to put up 20 and 20 to get on ESPN and shit. Like, it's a lot of work he's doing over there, bro. And low-key, he might have hurt himself on purpose. Like, yeah, fam, now y'all going to have to create your own shots, fam. I'm not here to dime you up right now, fam. Let me see how it look when y'all just out there by yourselves trying to figure out how to create a shot for yourselves and shit. Right? Draymond Green is back. Draymond Green um was definitely rolling up on, on the mic and shit. Pardon me. We at the hour 50 mark and shit. Like I said, fam, I'm running off of fumes at this point, right? This is straight, this is straight adrenaline, fam. Understand what I'm saying right now. But nah, Draymond Green was definitely insinuating that that he was thinking about retiring, right? He actually was considering retirement, fam. You know, because obviously, you know what I'm saying? The whole, you know, everybody's kind of talking about... I don't know, man. I'm not really sure, really. And it's, it's so crazy because, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's talk about Draymond for a quick second, right? What's going on, man? Draymond Green, he came back. He spoke to the media. In length, you know, Draymond Green is not shy or short of of words, right? And he gonna come back and he gonna talk and he gonna he gonna be animated and he gonna he gonna he gonna kick himself while he down and shit. Like it's nothing worse than seeing somebody kicking themselves while they down, fam. In all reality, Draymond Green, like you're the only person that can control your actions, and that's all that we're asking you to do here. There's no need for you to come back and. And be like, oh, I feel so... Because Steph, I let Steph down and you doing all this. Stephen A, you calling Stephen A out. You was just on his damn podcast. I thought they was mad cool. He he get back on his podcast, the Draymond Green Show. Salute. You know what I'm saying? I definitely follow um, the podcast page. Because I do feel like his podcast is informative, right? When he's talking about the game, though, and the stats and shit. like. But when you talking about your... your your mental demons and all this other shit. It's just like, bro, fam. Just keep... Some of this shit is really for the locker room. This is locker room talk, bro. This is not you coming to share this with the media, right? And I do understand why he has a podcast. I do. I do. Because clearly, quite like myself, you know, he does have, you know, an interest in talking, right? He, he likes to talk. He likes to hear himself talk, too. And I do, too. I can relate to that, too, by the way. I definitely, like I said, that last episode I just hit y'all with is a whole classic, man. Classic. Because I was going to come with the episode anyway, but it just so happened that Cat Williams 
lit the internet on fire. I mean, it was perfectly timed. It couldn't have been timed any better. Draymond being reinstated to the Warriors couldn't have been timed any better. Because let me tell you something, buddy. They did it quietly. They did it quietly, man. I see what they did over there. Possibility of him. What did I write here? Francis. A possibility of Adam Silver talks him out of. Oh, yeah. Adam Silver. Right, right, right. So Adam Silver is the one who talked him out of it. I mean, obviously, you still got Draymond Green jerseys to sell, fam. Adam Silver not dumb. He seen what the, the, the fucking, you know what I'm saying? He know what the quotas is and shit on the jersey sales. Like, he know what jerseys he got to get off before a certain amount of time. I'm sure he still got money to make off of Draymond. And realistically, fam, all that stuff that's been going on, like those antics, I wouldn't be surprised if that stuff boosts the ratings more than anything, right? So, realistically... Draymond Green is one of your main characters in this video game called the NBA, fam. Because this shit is a video. It's a, it might as well be a, a video game at this point, right? Like, who's controlling who here? Obviously, it's Super Bowl season at this point. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm not really the biggest NFL guy. I don't really know what's going on right now other than the fact that, you know, I ain't really been, you know what I'm saying? Niggas can't get 25 yards to save... My goddamn parlays, bro. I was going to say to save their life, but then I realized it dawned on me that players are actually, like, losing their lives on the field now. So let me not say that. But what I will say is this. They will not save my parlay. They won't. It'd be one more yard, two more yards, three more. Just give me the every time. But when I don't, who was that the other day that did some crazy? This nigga, I can't tell you how many times he blew my parlay. But now you want to be the... Break every record on the... Come on, fam. I say all that to say this, fam. I'm probably not going to be watching the Super Bowl. I am, though. I'm lying. I do like to... Um, There are certain things that I, I like to take away from a Super Bowl weekend. Outside of just, like, the game itself. In particular, the halftime show. Right? Because I'm not really sure. Did they announce... Did they announce who the, the halftime show performer is this year? I don't think they did. I don't think they did, which leaves a lot of speculation for what I'm basically seeing online is that Jay-Z is rumored to be, you know, possibly, you know, in contention for being. I mean, listen, he, he he's in control of the goddamn. It's not so far fetched. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a good chance. I mean, listen. Jay-Z, I feel like he had a kind of year where, like, quietly he'd been cooking up something. Quietly, musically, I'm sure a Jay album is coming in 2024. I'm almost, I almost want to say I'm positive a Jay album is coming. We got new music coming. We know that. That's confirmed. I, I believe him and D'Angelo linked up to do something for, you know, a soundtrack for, for a film. I'm not even 100% sure what film is it. Is it, is it The Color Purple? I feel like it might be the color purple. I'm not really sure what other film would be out right now that would require Jay and D'Angelo on a 10-minute or a 6-minute song or some shit. Like, they're promoting this shit to be like a 10-minute like a song. So, I mean, listen, man. Based on what I hear on that and based off of the energy that's on that and how he's rapping on that, what he's saying on that, that's going to give me all of the goddamn answers I need right there, fam. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been saying that. It's been rumors out there that Jay-Z... 
may or may not be the Super Bowl halftime performer. As a matter of fact, I'm bugging. I'm bugging. Usher is the performer. Bro, they announced this shit. See, this is what happens, though. They announced it so early, you forget and shit. They definitely did announce the Usher is going to be. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, it ain't going to be this year then. I mean, he might still. Usher and Jay don't got no songs together. He probably would pull up on one of the. You don't have to call remix or some shit. Now, that was ludicrous. Ludacris probably, anyway. Ludacris probably not even. <laughs> yeah, Cat Williams, man. I'm low-key. If I could be, let me just be all the way a thousand. That was the worst part of the interview, man. The fact that he threw my nigga Ludacris under the bus like that is crazy, man. Because even if Ludacris is in the Illuminati, bro, I don't want to know that, bro. I don't, bro. It's too, the music is too, I can't get rid of that now. It's too late, fam. I might have to be in the Illuminati is what I'm saying, fam. If Ludacris is in the Illuminati, goddammit, I might be in the Illuminati, fam. Because that's, I can't, listen, man. The music, bro. It's just the music, bro. That's it. That's my only gripe. I'm too invested in some of these songs to where it's like, all right. I just never even looked at Ludacris in a way. Like, what has, what the fuck did the Illuminati do for you? Were they going to say, oh, Fast and Furious? I mean, listen, man. Listen, man, and I'm sure some conspiracy theories are taking another in another direction. And somehow Paul Walker, anyway, they start getting into, oh, sacrificed. They sacrificed Paul Walker. Yeah, some of them conspiracies be a little out of whack. I'm not going to hold you. I've dibbled and dabbled. I've had my share of theories over the years and shit. Some of them shits be, I can't, I can't, I can't really flow with some of those right there. You, you understand what I'm saying? Speaking of flow... Speaking of flow, because I'm clearly looking for the exit. You know what I'm saying? We at the two-hour mark. Yeah. Hit that two-hour mark on y'all real quick. Had to spin a block. Episode 51. Everybody can't go podcast. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. We just It's only up from here. Like I said in the post, you know. I do feel like um, it's so interesting, man. The things that you kind of... I just, I don't know, man, just growing, just growing, uh, the growing process, man, and just everything that you kind of learn along the way. I'm learning a lot, and I'm seeing a lot of things. We're going to get into that on, on another time, on another episode. That could be a whole episode within itself, the different things that I'm seeing going on, like, and just even how people will start moving differently, like, it's just weird, bro, like, I'm not no fucking, which I think I'm really, listen, fam. Everybody can't go, but everybody can at least try. You can do a podcast in 2024. Like, it's not that difficult. As a matter of fact, personally, personally, I find it to be quite effortless. You, you understand what I'm saying? And it might not be lucrative right now, but I mean, listen, man. Come on, man. Every Everybody can't go. Episode 51, we getting ready to close this thing out. Um... We, we haven't really gotten any new music yet. We definitely, you know, we spoke about the Uncle Murder wrap-up and shit. That's the only new music we got to talk about right now. J.I.D. definitely dropped a freestyle, though. The 30 freestyle. And I definitely bumped that shit earlier. That shit was absolutely, I mean, listen, man. Anybody that, you know, if you know J.I.D., you kind of understand, you know, what he does. And what he does on the microphone, you know. The way he's able to kind of play with words and J.I.D. is truly one of the, you know, the true MCs that are out right now. And it's not a coincidence that he signed to J. Cole 
who we are patiently waiting. Any day now. Come on, the fall off is coming. We already know this. We're not going to even like, and there's no need to even really like, and that's the difference between Kendrick and Cole. Cole going to let it be known that he going to have that year where he snap on every feature. Then when he kind of get quiet, you could kind of be at ease because you know he's letting, he let it be known already. Like the album is on the way. Y'all heard what I was doing on these verses. Just know that this is only a prequel to the sequel, fam. This is only a sample of what I'm about to get out on this album. So we kind of could be at ease with Cole. We know Cole on the way. With Kendrick, it's kind of just like, all right, fam. We don't really know what's getting ready to happen with Kendrick, fam. He'll pop out and do some PG Lang ad randomly, or he's on stage, on tour. It's just going to be one of those years where we kind of got to just sit back and see how everything plays out. We got the Jid Freestyle. That shit was hard. 30 Freestyle. J.I.D. 21 Savage. 21 Savage is definitely gearing up to drop. Um, I, I, I guess it's, what it's looking like is a it's an album slash biopic, right? So not only is he putting out new music, but he's putting out visuals to go with the new music. And from what I understand, you got Childish Gambino, uh, who I'm not a fan of at this point. Let me just keep it all the way a thousand with y'all. Like, I don't even know how else to say it. Like, even when I seen the promo for this shit, like, I just don't know what it is about. I guess he's just going to be one of those people. Like, everybody, I guess we can all relate. You know how you just got certain people that you just can't. I just don't get it, bro. I don't get it. I don't. I don't. Donald Glover, Childish Gambino. I don't really get it. I don't understand it. I feel like when he did the This Is America video, I feel like he was knocking Kendrick crazy. Like I feel like that was a crazy... Like He literally bit his whole flow, the whole package, bro. And for me, I just don't respect that from artists, bro. That kind of carbon copy, what's already been done. And you know what I'm saying? Basically try to take credit for some shit like they did it. Like, fam, you was influenced by Kendrick, bro. You seen that All Right video. Wait, what year did that This Is America shit come out? I might have to fact check that. Was that before All Right, bro? I don't think so, because All Right was on to Pimple Butterfly. It definitely wasn't. Yeah, he was influenced by Kendrick. I say all that to say this, fam. Even musically, like, I just never really kind of got into the Childish Gambino thing. He had that freestyle on Sway. I thought that was kind of clever. I seen what he did. He, you know, he talked into the freestyle and all that. I felt like, okay, it's something here. But, I mean, I don't know, man. You you about to do a biopic with 21 Savage. They about to sit there and... What, they about to do a spoof? I don't really know what's getting ready to happen. I do I do know that 21 Savage has been cooking, though. And he's... Similar to J. Cole, has been on a crazy feature run. I mean, really, for like the past two years, I want to say. 21 Savage, he been on at least 21 songs this year, man. That just passed. Like, he's on a, just about everything. He on Afro beats. He on different genres. He been moving out here, man. So I feel like he been laying the groundwork, basically. For basically, was getting ready to drop, you know. I can't necessarily say I'm looking forward to this because I'll be lying. But I'm going to check this out, though. I'm going to check this out, you know. I'm not really sure, like, the biopic. I'm more I'm more interested to see the, the biopic than anything, if I'm being honest. Because I'm just like, I don't really understand what's getting ready to happen, like. I didn't even think 21 Savage was like, I'm just saying, we didn't even get a cold biopic yet. You know what I'm saying? How we getting the 21? I mean, listen, man. This is America. This is America. 
This is America. This is the EBCG podcast, and this is the end of the episode. EBCG podcast Instagram page is up now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I had to just make a, a page. I had to make a separate IG page at this point, fam. It's just like, I don't know, man. I need to kind of separate myself from like, you know, I get distracted. I get distracted, right? I needed to have a fresh timeline of basically other creative individuals who are basically on a similar, you know, basically on a similar trajectory, man. People who are basically just not comfortable being just average, man. I I can't be comfortable being average, fam. If you do an average shit, fam, like don't even extend your hand to me for the dap, my nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of average energy that that stuff is like you can leave that with people. That shit is like a, a like COVID, fam. Your average shit that you want, fam, is contagious, fam. And I just need for you know what I'm saying? Listen, listen. I say all that to say this. I gotta go. It's over, bro. I'm fried right now, fam. I gave y'all that two hours though, fam. Let me spark up again though. Hold up, man. I'm really him though. Two hours off the dome. Another one. Realistically, I ain't had to give y'all nothing. Cause like I said, how much days has it been? Four? I literally just gave y'all some heat four days ago. I still got snippets that y'all ain't get yet from episode 50. But hold up. And I do appreciate the fact that I I might, you know, I wanted to get the episode 50 last year because that was like 50 years of hip hop. But technically, we still in the 50 if you had hip hop, right? So I kind of was right on time anyway in January. I'll be on time with the next episode, man. Peace and love over violence and corruption and self-destruction. Willmatic TV is the name. Y'all already know the game. Until the next time, peace, love, and prosperity. One.